Welcome to the latest edition of the Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell and uh, joined by Pat Rooney. How are you, Pat? Good. We're both in Colorado, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, nice, nice change. We've uh, traveled quite a bit in the last few weeks, and so uh, we're both here. I'm here for good for the foreseeable future. Uh, you've got Pac-12 travel, obviously, uh, you know, later on throughout the basketball season, but we're here for now, and uh, we've yeah, got. Yeah, but I'll be. For, I'll be. Here for... Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you, but I will be here for a little bit. Not too much on the road for the basketball buffs uh, in December, late November here until Pac-12 play gets really rolling um, at the end of December, New Year's weekend. Uh, it really kicks off in earnest after the the early single games. Uh, so I'm sure we will talk more basketball later or perhaps even on another podcast. Uh, obviously, an uneven start for the men's team, kind of crazy beating the ranked teams and completely stubbing their toes in the other ones. But, uh, you know, I think we need to talk football coaching situation and brian howell is it prime time yet <laughs> well not yet um but you know obviously you know we'll talk about that also you know the bus do have one last game we'll discuss briefly uh they have the the number four uh, utah number 14 utah youth coming to town but as far as coaching search it's not prime time yet uh will it be i don't know uh but our good buddy uh you know adam Unchertiger over at 24 7 sports uh, buffstampede.com um, just this afternoon as we're doing this on Wednesday, um, he reported that, you know, CU, you know, has put forth a, what he uh, said, a very impressive offer to Deion Sanders, the Jackson state head coach, uh, you know, to be Colorado's next head coach. And according to Adam, uh, the, this offer would make Sanders one of the highest paid coaches in the PAC 12 and that the ball is, uh, in Sanders court, as far as uh, what Adam has, has heard and reported. So, um, I have not heard that, but you know, Adam is a good reporter. I trust that. Um, and you know, it would certainly uh, make a splash if you can get Deion Sanders here to Boulder. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, the question that comes to my mind, obviously it's, it's easy to tell why Colorado would be in, uh, interested. Deion Sanders has done a, an amazing job at, at, uh, you know, Jackson state with the, in the time he's been there and, 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 you know, done amazing things on recruiting trail and really brought a lot of excitement there. Just hiring him uh, would be a win for this program. It would generate excitement that is lagging, obviously. Uh, and, and, and with, with the, the struggles the program has had for years. And especially this year, it kind of feels like a bottoming out situation after Carl Durrell was fired after the Owen five start. So clearly understandable why the bus would want to make kind of splash like this my question brian is and obviously neither of us know Deion sanders uh we're you know as familiar with his career as everyone else out there but why would he be interested in in colorado i know he's made um you know made made no secret of his desire to, to, to coach at a power five level it just seems like it would be a unusual fit uh, for him you know even if they say to jackson state who knows what would be open a year from now I don't know. I, again, you and I, I don't know how eager he is to, to make this kind of jump. But what do you think the tr attraction would be for him to come to see you? Well, uh, to me, the, the only attraction is the fact that it's power five. And, you know, I'm curious what other options he has. You said a year from now, I think a week from now, you know, um, at the end of the regular season ends for most teams uh, this Saturday. Um 
what kind of openings come open here this weekend? Uh, you know, and are there are there jobs that might be more attractive to Deion Sanders? There's probably some. You know, I don't know if Georgia Tech's interested, but I think that would be more interesting to him. Um, South Florida is one that was reported earlier this week has been interested in him. They're not power five, but that's where he's from. And that's his footprint. Um, to me, I think, you know, Sanders has made it known that, uh, he wants to take care of his coaches, right? His assistant coaches. I don't think Sanders is hurting for money. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be just fine, but, um, I think he wants to take care of his assistant coaches. And, uh, certainly if you come to power five, uh, you can do that. And that's something that Colorado offers, um, you know, he did take over a Jackson state team that, you know, was not in the, in the best of shape and he rebuilt it in, in a hurry. This is his third season is really his second full season. Cause he had the pandemic spring, uh, in, in, two, in 2020, uh, really spring of 2021. Uh, but since then uh, they're four and three that spring, uh, 22 and two since then, including 11 and zero this year, uh, what he's done there has been pretty impressive. My question with him is, uh, is this a sustainable model? Is he here for the long term? I don't know, but uh, I agree with you. I see it from Colorado's perspective that if nothing else, you win the press conference, <laughs> you, you win immediately yeah. with Deion Sanders, uh, not necessarily on the field, but you win immediately as far as there is no candidate out there that's going to help you as far as NIL uh, as quickly as Deion Sanders would. Uh, there's no candidate that would help you as far as bringing in talent. Uh, like Deion Sanders would um, Colorado is going to be talked about at on every college football show uh, throughout the month of December, you know, if he gets hired. Uh, so you've got all that. You're going to have ESPN here. You can imagine ESPN here in spring ball, you know, <laughs> uh, next fall <laughs> camp. Uh, they're going to be interested in, in what Deion Sanders does at, at university of Colorado. So um, there's no, there's no question. It's going, the program would be about Deion Sanders. Uh, and not the players. I mean, you look at everything with Jackson State. It's it's Prime's program, right? Uh, so it's all about him. But I don't think Colorado at, at this point. I mean, they're in a position they need something, a jolt right now, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and 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 Deion Sanders would absolutely do everything you just mentioned. You know, I think clearly it would be a home run hire for Rick George and the university. Um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I would be shocked. I would still be shocked. Even with reports that are coming out, I still would be shocked if this becomes a reality. Um, it's, I, I, Hey, you know, uh, color me skeptical. Uh, I, you know, I, I think you and I would be, you know, just, uh, from, uh, a news standpoint would be, would be excited by it. But, uh, um, Clearly, it would give a, a, a huge jolt to the program and uh, kind of generate that excitement. Ticket sales, you name it, would be uh, through the roof. And, and you're right; everyone would be talking about Colorado football. That uh, they they would they would dominate the first round of the offseason news cycle. That's for sure. Yeah, and frankly, I was chatting with somebody today. They're they're worried about getting thirty thousand people here uh, for Saturday's game against Utah. Uh, you could you could sell thirty thousand season tickets <laughs> right away uh, with Deion Sanders, and uh, so again, I don't know if it would work out as far as like winning football games. I don't know how good of a coach he would be at the Power Five level, how much longer or how long he'd be here, things like that. But as far as uh, the type of jolt this program needs and the energy and excitement this program needs, there's nobody that could do that more so than him. But like you said, I 
I'm skeptical as well and until we actually see it happening. There's so many things that could happen. I mean, there's there's so many moving parts in this coaching world that could even derail anything if it's close with Dion. Like uh, there was a reporter earlier this week that uh, Lane Kiffin's going to leave Ole Miss for Auburn. And Kiffin said, well, that's news to me. But he hasn't denied it either. If he leaves for Auburn, does Ole Miss all of a sudden go after uh, Deion Sanders and offer him more money than Colorado does? So uh, there's a lot of things that could still happen. That's what's kind of scary about Colorado not being done with it at this point is, you know, they've had seven, eight weeks now. Um, you kind of hoped that uh, CU would be done with the search by about now. But if you take this long and you land Deion Sanders, uh, you know, then nobody's going to worry about how long it took, right? Yeah, I'm not too concerned about how long it took. Um, making a hire in the middle of the season would have been awkward on a in a number of levels, even if it was a few weeks ago. Uh, so so the, the time of it, I'm fine with that. Hey, if anything, maybe Rick George has been taking this time to really sell Deion Sanders on the idea of CU Boulder. Uh, and if that's the case and it turns out to be true, obviously that will be time well spent by Rick George. Uh, obviously, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. And uh, it, 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 it's unfortunate there's going to be that few fans this week, but clearly understandable uh, given results of, of the past few weeks. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I as we're doing this on Wednesday, I did uh, chat with Rick George today. Um, and, you know, he doesn't he's not going to reveal much. And. Uh, certainly on or off the record he keeps it as quiet as possible uh, but they do they are very aware of the December 5th date uh, that's when the transfer portal opens uh, they want somebody uh, in place before then so that this next head coach can have a chance to talk to uh, the current players and keep them around so uh, I do anticipate it's done uh, before December 5th it's not going to be this week uh, but I do think it'll be by December 5th uh, which um, is what is that a sunday monday that's a monday here um so it's coming up i think the search is nearing an end uh but we'll see you know and you know the other thing you know adam put out there was that uh you know ryan walters the former cu safety and current illinois uh, defensive coordinator uh he reported he's one of the three finalists and so uh so we'll see you know adam you know is clearly talking to somebody up there that knows some things and um you know there's not a whole lot of people that know things but uh, apparently, you know, Ryan Walters is, uh, is a guy that's in that running as well. And, uh, you know, Rick George told me that Mike Sanford is still a candidate as well. So, um, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, there's some varied candidates and uh, everybody's a little bit different. Absolutely. And, you know, as long as you mentioned Mike Sanford, I think it's be a good opportunity to, you've written about him a little bit this week about, I really commend him on, on the job that he's done uh, on an interim basis these past couple months. He was obviously put into a uh, really unenviable position uh, after five games, team going nowhere, um, to kind of keep this group together. Obviously, the results have been there. Uh, they, you know, If anything, the results have gotten worse. You obviously were up there in Seattle as they got rolled yet again by Washington this past week. So no, no one is kind of lauding Mike Sanford for, for getting this program turned around. But I don't feel like this group has, you know, kind of completely gone in the tank. 
Uh, it was, you know, it was a rough one at Washington, but in general, this group has, has actually, you know, played harder than they did in those first five games has played more, I guess, proficient football. Uh, you know, they, you know, sometimes those first five games, we didn't even look like they didn't even know what they were doing. Uh, I haven't said that or thought that often uh, during this stretch, you know, he is, he's been an energetic leader. He's kept the guys together. I don't know what that, that that means that he's going to be in Boulder going forward, but uh, you know, he should be commended, I think for the job he's done, um, you know, over this last stretch of the season. Yeah, for sure. And you know, they, he obviously got the win against Cal. Um, they played a competitive game against Arizona State, and uh, you know the other four games they've played. Uh, frankly, look at the CFP uh, rankings right now, and the other four uh, games they've played under Stanford. Uh, those teams are in those rankings, and uh, those are four of the best teams in the country. Uh, and that's before Utah, which is also in those rankings. So um, it's been a brutal stretch, uh, you know, for CU. And I'm not sure there's a, a whole lot of coaches that could have done better than what CU uh, has done. Uh, it's been brutal, but, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, the talent there, the talent's not there, and when it's disjointed with the coaching, that's not going to be there as well. Uh, you're going up against much more talented teams, uh, especially this last month. I mean, we talked about it before the season, Pat, but how brutal is that stretch right now? Uh, maybe even more brutal than we thought, that um, starting with Oregon, which is now number nine, then USC, which is number six, then Washington, which is number 13. And now you got Utah, which is number 14. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, there's not yeah. many teams yeah. that are going to do well uh, in that stretch. And uh, certainly the Buffs have not done well. Well, certainly not. And, we, you know, we kind of kind of knew it would happen uh, the way this, you know, watching this team early in the season. I don't think it diminishes the job Mike Sanford did. You know, and going forward, I, I I still would be intrigued if he winds up being the offensive coordinator here, and if it helps keep some of the young talent here that that perhaps he has made a connection with, uh, then all the better. Uh, however, you know, as you know, as we know, Carl Durrell kind of had Darren Shivrini foisted upon him when he got here. Um, you know, I know it was an odd part of the calendar. You know, maybe that kind of helped retain some guys, but. Whoever comes in, I, I do believe needs kind of complete autonomy to, to build the staff how uh, how the new head coach wants to, um, you know. And I think, given the precedent we've seen the last few years, uh, you, you know, even if Rick George is you know lauding Mike Sanford's praises and, and would love to have him back, I think the new person in charge really needs to have his opportunity to hire who he wants and uh, you know get the coordinators that that he wants now. If that person, you know, is agreeable and all in on Mike Sanford, fine. But I don't think it should be a situation that we've seen before where the new coach is told, hey, you got to, you know, you, you really got to keep this guy. Yeah. And I can't imagine that that's going to be something that happens this time around. And, you know, I, I do think that there could be some encouragement and, uh, I'd have a hard time seeing Sanford uh, staying as the offensive coordinator just because uh, especially a sitting head coach like, like Deion Sanders is probably going to have somebody already for that role. Sure. But um, I could see Sanford staying as maybe the quarterback's coach and um, having Sanford on the staff in any regard, I think would be, uh, could be beneficial for uh, keeping guys around here uh, because there's, there's clearly 
a lot of love from the players towards Stanford uh, and what he's done this year. And uh, in a short amount of time, he's really uh, made an impression on these guys. So, uh, so we'll see, but um, you know, there's, it's nearing the end we think. And uh, you know, we'll see if, what happens here in the next couple of weeks, but um, we're going to find out very soon. Well, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, but still one game to go. We got senior day coming up with the Utah game on Saturday afternoon. Uh, saying farewell to a large group of of seniors, you know, a lot of them have gutted them out, gutted this out through some trying times. You know, uh, multiple head coaches, multiple position coaches, not the experience probably any of them dreamed they were signing up for uh, when they came out of high school. But may not be a big crowd on Saturday, but I think Buffs fans should uh, give their tip of the cap to these guys uh, as as they kind of say farewell to the program on Saturday. Yeah, no question. And there's been some guys that have been here uh, for a lot of years. I mean, I, I talked to Terrence Lang today. He's this, this is his sixth year in Boulder. That's a long time. Uh, Brady Russell's yeah. in his sixth year. Uh, Alex Fontenot's a six-year guy. Um, there's been a lot of guys that have been here since you know 2017, 2018. You know, even you know someone like Quinn Perry, who was a a, a JUCO transfer, has now been here for three, four years. So um, there's been a lot of guys that. Um, even though they haven't been the, the best football team around, uh, they've done some good things. They've been good buffs. And uh, you would hope that uh, the fans come out and, and support these guys and um, kind of show them a little bit of love because it's obviously they're the ones who go out there and perform. But to me, it's not all their fault that the, that this situation is, is what it is. And so uh, you still go out there and applaud them for what they've done for the program. And wins and losses, you know, those don't measure what a a player puts into the program during his time, the dedication, the hard work, you know, getting up for practice every morning and, and, and going out there and, and doing your best to get better. You know, that that's kind of the investment you put in the program. A lot of these guys, you know, you mentioned Terrence Lang and Brady Russell. I don't want to get into too many names because there's, uh, you know, you named Felix Fontenot, these guys that have been around for a long time, you're going to overlook someone for sure. But uh, it, all of them should be commended because, uh, as, as we've both said, they've they've put in a lot of effort and a lot of blood, sweat, and probably even some tears too uh, during some trying times during their career. And and, and certainly uh, would be nice if they, they they felt a little love from the fans on their way out. Yeah, and hey, the Buffs could also you know we've talked about the 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 spoiler role. Um, I don't have much confidence in them doing it, but uh, they do have a little bit of an opportunity to be a spoiler this week because Utah has an outside shot of uh, getting to the Pac-12 title game. It's not a very good shot, but, um, you know, they still have a – mathematically, they're not eliminated yet. So um, the Buffs could play spoiler role. They've done it before with Utah uh, when they weren't a very good football team back in 2011. So, uh, you know, there is, is at least that opportunity. Well, I guess that's a good segue to get into our predictions uh, that have been, uh, you know, it's been crazy doing these predictions that are like widely lopsided. You hear it come out of your mouth. I was like, that's not actually going to happen. And then it it kind of goes out and happens. However, I think my personal opinion, I think it'll be slightly better this week. Uh, I don't think the Buffs will win. I don't necessarily think it'll be a close game. I think the Buffs will put a few more points on the board. Uh, you know, I think they'll, they'll kind of ride some emotion maybe early. Uh, going into this last game and, and, and kind of leave what they have out there. Unfortunately, as we all know, this team hasn't had much this year. 
think 38-17 Utes. Okay. I'm thinking actually very close to that uh, and along the same lines. I think the bus play with some emotion. Uh, I think that, you know, they they score a little bit more than we've been seeing, although uh, 20 has kind of been their mark. They, they surpassed 20 once. I don't think they'll do it again. But I think they hit 20. Uh, I'm going to go 37 to 20, and uh, I'm, I'm saying 37 because the bus have given up a safety the last two weeks. I'm going to say they do it for, for three weeks in a row. Wow. Well, at least you've seen something you don't see every season, Brian. How? <laughs> I, I just want to see three safety, three weeks of uh, safeties in a row. But uh, if, r- real if, quick. That should ask for all the lopsided football you've seen this season. <laughs> and, and I want to see it in a, in a different way, too. We've seen it two different yeah. ways. I want to see three different safeties. But uh, real quick, I know we're talking about the buffs, but uh, we talked about you know Utah having an outside shot. Here's what Utah needs, by the way. They, they got to get the win over CU which is very likely. Uh, they need Washington to beat Washington State, which very well could happen. They need Oregon State to beat Oregon, which very well could happen. The game's in Corvallis. And they need UCLA to beat Cal, which I think is probably uh, you know a pretty likely scenario. So Right now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's not unheard of that Utah could get to the title game. Um, so there is – there is something to play for for Utah. So, uh, you know, the Buffs could play that spoiler role, but um, I don't see it. You don't see it. And uh, we're going to go cover one more game before we finish off a coaching search. What do you think? Sounds like a plan to me. And then we'll see if it's prime time, right? Yes. It, this game is not in prime time as it was not selected for. <laughs> it was uh, banished to the afternoon on the Pac-12 network as it, as it probably should be. But, um, yeah, we'll – We'll talk about more coaching search uh, another time, and then also more basketball. Uh, the women, by the way, uh, four and one, uh, but sort of a sluggish four and one start. Uh, you know, you've written about the men needing to get tougher. Uh, the women uh, want to get tougher as well. Uh, they've got a tough trip this week. Uh, they go down to Tennessee, uh, which is uh, a traditional power, but not not really the same Tennessee we've normally seen. But they go down to Tennessee on Friday, then they play at Chicago State on Sunday. So a little two game road trip for the buffs that, um, you know, they, they'd like to get two wins, but, uh, you certainly got to get uh, at least one on that trip. And so, um, a, kind of a big one for the, for the, uh, women's basketball team this weekend. We'll see how the men rebound, um, not physically rebound, but bounce back from their road trip, uh, two and three road trip on the long road trip. Obviously it's been written about a, a ton by me, uh, they beat the two ranked teams on the, the slate during that trip. They lost to three others that they, you know, probably, let's face it, shouldn't have lost to. Uh, so some missed opportunities there. So we'll see how they can get it back on track. Got a very good Yale team coming in on Sunday off to an undefeated start. Has played a, has won three consecutive Ivy League championships, either winning the tournament or the uh, regular season over the past three seasons, at least the past three years that the Ivy League has played. They didn't play during the pandemic year, but a very good Yale team coming in. Uh, and then the Buffs got the two December uh, kind of single Pac-12 games, first at home against an Arizona State team that is off to a pretty solid start and rolled grambling at home last night, uh, as you and I talking Tuesday night. Uh, obviously, as fans know, uh, grambling handled the Buffs just uh, you know, uh, pretty easily um, uh, to start this this last trip. Uh, and then they got the single game at Washington. Washington has not been very good, but for whatever reason, that gym in Seattle has been kind of a house of horrors for this CU basketball team. 
uh, and you know, even better teams than this one have gone up there and, and, and had a lot of trouble. So uh, big week coming up for the men's team. And, you know, one final note, uh, keep an eye on the volleyball team. As we talk right now, they just polished off Arizona on the road on Wednesday afternoon. Big road win for the Buffs. Uh, kind of puts them on pretty sturdy NCAA tournament bubble uh, situation uh, going into the finale at home uh, against Utah on Saturday afternoon. That'll be at 3 o'clock at the CU Event Center. And, uh, you know, the Buffs win that one. They, they won at Utah earlier this year, but uh, if they win this one, uh, they have a pretty good shot at, at getting into that NCAA tournament. Awesome. So lots of things coming up, and uh, we'll talk about it more. And, you know, next week we'll talk more basketball and then kind of wrap up the season and see where the coaching search is at. So, um, you know, until then, I guess uh, we'll see how this weekend plays out for the Buffs uh, in all three sports, right, or all four sports. Yeah, you bet. Um, I will see you on Saturday. We'll put this season to bed out at Folsom Field. And uh, for everyone else, as always, thanks for listening. We'll do this again soon.